welcome back to the last episode of Monty Python Week. Thanks so much for joining us for the whole thing. Uh, if you haven't, then why are you tuning in on the last one? Listen to the whole thing and then come back like you've earned this place. <laughs> so, uh, to reintroduce themselves, I am joined today with... Uh, Robert Black of lots of podcasts and lots of wasting my time online. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I'm Alice Lauren, and I do comedy in upstate New York, and a ton of podcasts. So today, we're uh, allowed to go tangent uh, heavy, even though we haven't really stopped with the other episodes, uh, because this is just a random discussion about Python and comedy to, to wrap up the week on an even five, apart from the fact that five's an odd number. That didn't work as well as I thought. <laughs> right. Um, so one of the things which we discussed on the first episode that we recorded, uh, Alice suggested the idea of who would be uh, Monty Python now. And I've put together a list of six comedians. I assume neither of you have got a full list yet. No, no. No, no. I'm just looking at uh, John Cleese did a Reddit AMA or Ask Me Anything and so someone asked, are there younger comedians today that you believe could have been a good fit within the original Python crew, who and why? And he didn't actually answer this question, but I guess he's on record saying that I don't, I know the name, but Kevin Klein would have been a good fit because I guess he was in Flesh Called, uh, Wanda. Wa- Called Wanda, which I yeah. didn't realize was that kind of film. Um, and then some people were, a lot of people were saying Eddie Izzard would be great. And that's actually a good idea mm, as well. Yeah, I think Eddie Izzard did one of the live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was great. So my list, I'll go through mine, and then we'll just have probably random suggestions in the middle of it. Um, yeah. And the question will be as to how many of these names are familiar across the pond. I think these are pretty well known that I've got on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one I've put down is Russell Brand. As nice. I feel he's got that sort of sense of humour that would play quite well. Um I don't I don't know if he has, but I could definitely picture him playing a woman. <laughs> like, still with yeah. the beard and everything, but I could picture him doing that thing that. I've, I've yeah. put down... Um, I've put down Ricky Gervais. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got him. Um, and I think yeah. he'd, he'd work well. Um, then I've gone with Lee Mack. Is he? Yeah. I know that... What the heck? Do I not know that name, or do I know? I Let me see. Yeah, that's one that's so, like so, same. So Name sounds familiar, but I'm like... I yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, no, it's not who I thought. Well, oh, no, maybe it is. You, you may know, you may not. He's he's only just made his like feature film debut, which I suppose is the main thing he'd be across to America, which is in the Horrible Histories movie. Um, mm. But oh. he, he did a sitcom over here called Not Going Out, and he was in, uh, I think he was in, like, Sketch Show or something. Um, he's a really good stand-up comedian, uh, but I've just got him on my list. Uh, the other I've put in, in terms of disguises and getting well known for characters is Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, nice. yeah. Quite good, um, in Python. Uh, then I've put down Stephen Merchant, uh, mostly because I was on the same mind track with Ricky Gervais. But I think Steve Merchant has done sketches with Hello Ladies, and I think he could do quite good for little yeah. Pythony bits. Um, and then I've gone with Matt. Yeah. Luke, then I've gone with Matt Lucas. I wonder and, if Russell Brand would be too much of a presence. I don't know if. I don't know. If you put like, him in the right sketches as the right characters, you could use that. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking, well, I don't know. I'm thinking another Russell, Russell Howard, who 
who I love, but maybe more for stand-up. I don't know. Yeah, I think Russell Howard's more stand-up. Russell Brand takes pride in being able to play different versions of himself with a hat on. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. We've all seen Arthur. No. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I haven't seen Arthur, but I've you seen. You have seen Arthur? I haven't. Oh. No. It's on my list to see. I've, I've seen. I mean, yeah. I've seen him in like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm-hmm. um, Rock of Ages, and. Oh, oh, you know what? I have to see that one. And he was like, in... get me to the Greek. Yeah, get him to the Greek, which is a spin-off of Sarah Marshall, isn't it? Ish. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Although Jonah, although Jonah Hill doesn't. Doesn't he? I, I, I'm not sure. Wow. I didn't think he did. It's a very different character anyway. I suppose it could... Jonah Hill's always playing Jonah Hill. So <laughs> I'm going to have to check that. But I was thinking in terms of like female pythons, I'd quite like to see Miranda Hart do something, but that I'm not sure how well she'd be suited to the python stuff. I'm just a fan of Miranda Hart. Mm-hmm. Has she come across the pond much? I don't think I know I that. I know the name, but I don't know who she is offhand. She has a Maybe. sitcom called Miranda, which is sort of... It's sort of, I enjoy it and a lot of oh. us enjoy it, but there's, it's very Marmite. Oh, yeah, I've seen her. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's one of those things where you look at her and you're like, oh, the one who, she was in Spy. Yeah. She was in something else, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she'd be good for, like, a couple of sketches when they need female members of Python. Uh, yes, absolutely. But I don't know. Def- yeah. That that that's that's my my list anyway. The six and the female are my uh, mm-hmm. my my list gone through. Um, so I think we covered this throughout the other episodes. But of the Python things we have reviewed, which film has been your favourite? Um, hmm. I'm trying to remember huh. all the movies. <laughs> rewatching, rewatching, and talking about. I think I said before I like Meaning of Life the most, but I think I might like Life of Brian more now. But I also, I like Holy Grail more than I used to, having like sat down and taken notes and talked about it. I think it helped because it always felt a little too uh, broken into pieces, almost like sketches more than a story. And then the sketches flowed together better this time. I found it a bit. I I've always found Holy Grail a bit overrated, but oh, I certainly, yeah. And to our previous comment, yeah, Jonah Hill's playing a completely different character and get him to the Greek then. <laughs> Again, sorry, oh, yeah. oh, I'll just backtracking really quick. Uh, when I was trying to think in the brief time I had of who could be like Monty Python, I was trying to think of American people. Yes, yeah, an American version of Monty Python. And could I realized, American, or would it have to? I don't know. Would well, they be able already, to do this humor? Well, we had already mentioned earlier in the week Mike Myers having worked with yeah. them, and Jim Carrey is on that one Wikipedia page for the there's one sketch, and so I'm like those two, and then I'm like, then I thought of David Cross and Bob Odenkirk, and I'm like, I'm just thinking of American sketch shows now, because <laughs> like right, they're yeah. on Mr. Show together. I know. Like, I don't know where my brain's going. If, I'm sorry to say, Alice, uh, as a comedian, I'm not that familiar with current comedians in this country. <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah, no, no. My my head instantly, my head instantly went to mock the week. That's why I was like, oh wait. And now I'm like, oh, yes, Hugh Dennis, yes, Ed Burn, you know. Oh, oh, James Acaster would be good. And then I tried to get back to British people. I'm like, what did I watch recently? I watched Crashing. You know that one guy was kind of funny. Who the hell is he? I don't know. Um, but there's, there's some. 
Um, I'm going to change one of my answers. I think Simon Pegg would be really good. Mm. Um, well, what do you think are kind of the the criteria that k- kind of make makes a good Python? I guess. Um, I found a lot of um, in terms of just slightly rephrase the the point you're making earlier. Um, I found that there are a few little bits in American comedy which I feel are slightly Python-esque. Like, I think elements of community had that similar term. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Probably deliberately. There are probably some sort of, you know, Python influences in there. Um, And so I don't don't know whether some of those would be interesting members of Python. Um, I think Joel McHale would possibly manage it. Did he, you could, s- he could get the tone right with like the dry humor. Have and... you seen uh, a Futile Super Gesture with Joe McHale as Chevy Chase? No, no. I don't know. That's that's. I, it's, I think it's on my watch list, but I never. I have, it keeps getting pushed down by other things. So what's the, what's it called? A Futile and Stupid Gesture. It's a mm. Netflix original about the story of the National Lampoon. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but after discussing it on episode three of series one of Please Be Seated, uh, with a with a the head writer of the National Lampoon, or sorry, a senior writer, whatever the title was of National Lampoon, <laughs> he he basically told me that it was almost all completely inaccurate. But it's a fun film nonetheless, and some interesting cameos in there. Yeah, yeah, I guess you'd have to have a very dry humor. I mean, I like Anthony Jeselnik. Um, I mean, Jimmy Carr was my other favorite. I don't know if I really see want to see him like completely, you know, acting in something versus his very dry, dark stand-up. But um, I wonder if he has acted in anything because most of these comedians have. Yeah, yeah. Because hey, when you mentioned Hugh Dennis earlier, have you seen any of his um, acting things? I don't think acting things. I think just mock the week, and I just remember. I really enjoy Outnumbered, which is a sort of... I don't know whether that made its way across. Where it's a sort of semi-improvised thing. He plays a dad, and it's mostly just a, about like the hard life of having three kids and not being able to get anything done. And quite hmm. often they just told the kids, you know, this is what's happening in this scene. Say it and do it as you want. And you can really sort of get that vibe, and it's it's really good. Oh, of course, yeah, Jimmy Carr has acted in something. He was in Confetti. Wait, I'm looking up Jimmy Carr, and like... So there's a show called 8 Out of 10... Cats, oh, and yeah. there's Countdown, and then there's 8 out of 10 Cats does Countdown. Like, I didn't even... I thought, like, the slogan of Countdown was 8 out of 10 Cats do count, like does Countdown. Now I'm so confused. Right, so you've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got your, no, your normal Countdown, which is the, the sort of old women doing Countdown. You know, you, I'm sure you've have you seen oh. clips of the typical Countdown or no? I've seen it with... I turn, is it Rachel, the girl who does the, the math? That, was it that is, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a very typical sort of, you know, relaxed but still quite formal show. And then 8 Out of 10 Cats does Countdown, hosted by Jimmy Carr, is the, the sort of mock the week circuit of comedians doing yeah. Countdown. Um, and that, I mean, I, I enjoy both, but I do prefer the 8 Out of 10 Cats one. Um, and then 8 Out of 10 Cats by itself is something completely different? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very similar. It's the same circuit of comedians, really. That they sort of guess oh, on all these things, okay. but um, is it like these Monty Python films where it's a lot of the same stuff just in different combinations? <laughs> I suppose so. the thing about British comedy panel shows is it's never about the game. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so the fact that they they change the game it doesn't really make a ton of difference. 
Oh, there's this great episode of 8 out of 10 Cats does Countdown where Lee Mack comes on and he said his nan always wanted to be on Countdown so he pulls out like what are supposed to be her ashes and bring them up and then later on he knocks them over and spills them. Oh, it's, just, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's, it's so nice. funny. And he's got some great puns. I can't remember what it was. I think there's one thing where he's basically like, really stupid for the whole thing and then he gets like this amazingly high score on one question. I'm not completely certain, but it's it's eight out of ten cats watch does countdown. Definitely some great mm. clips and episodes to watch there. Um, but yeah, going through all of these comedians from that, like there are definitely a few which I think would be great to do Python stuff. Like I, I want to find out if there's a way that you could have could arrange to get this 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 charity show idea. I'm yes. gonna put out a tweet about it and tag Monty Python because they'll they'll definitely see that. I'm sure they don't get tags on the on the daily. If I tag they all are. of the comedians that I have oh, the idea of, one of them will notice. One of them might notice, yeah. <laughs> this I, whole I podcast of... is just gonna be like popping up with new things. Like wait, Will <laughs> Farrell Will Farrell could do this? <laughs> well yeah. While, while you were talking about the, the Jimmy Carr thing, because I have no idea any of the stuff you were saying, <laughs> I was like Wait, who's that animator I like? I'm like, we can repa- replace Terry Gilliam with her uh, with him, and I'm like, okay, I got this. And then you just get still talking. And I'm like waiting. I'm like, did I say that yet? <laughs> who was who was the yeah. animator? Uh, Don Hertzfeld. And and okay. in fact, he made a short film called The Meaning of Life. But uh, <laughs> he did his best things are called uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day, and he made a great thing if you can find it online called Rejected, which is a bunch of short animated clips of stick figures. One of them's quite famous, where the stick figure is banging against the sheet of paper, and people have gifts of it. But oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. And uh, this is a weird thing to say, and you can cut this if you want. Uh, it's not swearing, but it might be offensive to children in the audience. Uh, one of them, one of the sketches hinges on the joke that this, uh, I think it's a cloud, just starts bleeding, and then just keeps saying, "My anus is bleeding," and everyone oh. laughs. And he's like, my anus is bleeding. And they just keep laughing. And he just keeps getting more screaming at it because he's bleeding. And it's like filling up the bottom half of the screen. And he he does really absurdist cartoons. And then he does really, like, philosophical meme for once. It's such a beautiful life. It's like an hour-long thing that is, like, just about, like, how normal life can be the greatest thing ever. And it is a wonderful little thing. I don't know how he would be on screen as a comedian, but Terry Gilliam didn't always do that either. He was did a lot of the animation and kept behind the scenes, so good work. Sorry, I'm just sending this tweet. I forgot we would need an animator. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I suppose they would, yeah. I, I say I just listed I was like there's six members of Python, I'll pick six people, but none of them are an are animators, really, I don't think. Um, I'm just gonna check Plus, it's 2019. Did we pick a black person? I, I, <laughs> or I someone who wasn't white? I didn't even pick a woman officially. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, they had a, they had a gay person, so have some representation there. Now. Yeah. The the new Monty Python is no white people. <laughs> no white people. Uh, and it's like half men, half women. Yeah. A trans person. Uh, <laughs> Well, and especially in a like a comedy troupe where it's a handful of people that work together constantly, you would assume they have to have gotten together because of their similarities. Like this bunch of white comedians, writers, yeah, 
were in each other's circle at the time. So it's almost weird to even do as an exercise. It's like who could be Monty Python now? Because some of these people might never want to be near each other because mm-hmm. they don't have any actual similarities. I mean, it, as a con- as a exercise, it's fine. But comedy is this more f- like I don't expect a comedy troupe to be forced. Not like boy bands, you know, where you can yeah, yeah, just yeah. cast your your hot guy, your young guy, your like buff guy or yeah. Spice Girls for the British version where you're casting the group and then they become that. You need it to be more uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like natural. Yeah, I think you'd need that for a permanent thing. But I think yeah. if we were looking hypothetically at like if they oh, did like a special like a session of like yeah. a special show, you'd have it like um Secret Policeman's Ball. Have you seen any of that? I know um, what it is, but I've never yeah, seen yeah. it. I've only seen like one of them, but um just the idea of having sort of all of these people together, you know, doing them. I mean, you could you could sell tickets at like fifty hundred pound each, you know, easily mm-hmm. for a line up like that and make a ton for charity. So I'll just pop that little suggestion on Twitter there. And mm-hmm. Matt Lucas normally replies to my tweets. I tag him in. So I'll see if anything comes from that. Now in about ten years for the sixtieth anniversary, Alice will see like a Monty Python. I don't know what the title will be, but it'll be like produced by Luke Allen. We're like, oh, we know him. Yeah. <laughs> he made it happen. That's right. It'll be at the point where everyone's forgotten who Monty Python are. <laughs> Wait for 75th. 75th anniversary. And I'll fight, yeah. They'll, they'll I'll have fight. lost the whole like, initial who? audience where, it, where, where originally it'd be, oh, look, they're doing Python sketches. It was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> it's just... oh, oh, yeah, you'll... Just to redo all the sketches, and I'll be like, I've never seen the whatever. <laughs> Ministry of Silly Walks. Oh, the Ministry of Silly Walks. I was meaning to get around to that. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, oh, the uh, the dead parrot sketch, and, you know, decades in the future where parrots are extinct or something yeah. stupid. <laughs> I have the, the last parrot. Of course it's alive. Now I, got a, it's I got a harder question for you. How do you update the sketches for, like, modern say technology like do cell phones play into any of these sketches mm. or like social media sketches i mean they could certainly do j- animated jokes that are like social media on screen and stuff probably but i feel like if we were doing it just to pay homage or to remake, yeah, you do it exactly then you'd yeah. want to do it exactly because otherwise people would feel like you're just updating it for the sake of updating it um but oh there's that there's have you seen the the sketch with the with the two women sitting on the sofa where it's just and now the TV will explode. Have you seen that one? <laughs> Have you seen that one or no? I think so. Yeah. Oh. And, and in, in the live show, they've got Michael Palin on the TV screen talking to them because I think I think it is John Cleese and Michael Palin, but they've got a video of Michael Palin on there. And because for the recent live show, they're basically uh, they they acknowledge that it is Michael Palin because they're watching TV and just oh that Michael Palin he knows everything. All that bloody travel show, and they really sort of go on about it, and I think that's great. And oh, it's complete nonsense. Um, oh, there's one of them where it's like it was the, the radio play of the death of a queen or something. I think it might be the death of Mary Queen of Scots. Where it's like tune on to BBC Radio Two for the radio drama, the death of Mary Queen of Scots, and they turn on the radio, and it's just a woman screaming for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I, I've been watching um, clips of 
John Cleese and Eric Idle on different talk shows, and so they had them on, on Conan a few years ago, and they did, I guess from their tour, they do basically like a F-selfies. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like that would, I mean, it didn't come off as necessarily funny to me, because I'm like, oh, these two old guys, you know, complain, <laughs> you know, it just, it kind of didn't come off that great for me, but, 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 but basically that was how you'd pre- pretty much update that. Um, John, especially in, in, in the songwriting. John Cleese is currently in a uh, a sitcom called Hold the Sunset. Um, it's it's a, The first series I enjoyed, I started watching the second series on BBC iPlayer and I just got a bit bored. It's just basically... Um, I mean, I know, Robert, you know who I'm talking about. It's the guy who plays uh, Gordon Shakespeare in Nativity. Mm, and okay. it's basically... He's divorced and he's come home uh, to live with his mum, who it turns out is now moved on and is ma- marrying this older guy. Well, not this older guy, this, this guy her age, played by John Cleese. And it's just sort of the family dynamic of these two old people and their middle-aged son who's come and moved in with them. Mm-hmm. And it's all right, but it's just it gets really formulaic. Um, the the mum is played by the woman who played Pam in Gavin and Stacey. Whether either of you have seen Gavin and Stacey, I don't know, but... I don't remember who played Pam, but I have seen a couple episodes of that, yeah. I think Gavin Stacey is one of my favourite British shows. I'd, I'd love that sitcom. And it's coming back for a special this year, so it should be fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I was like, researching James Corden the other day, as I do, and, yeah, I was, like, looking up everything that he was in, and, I mean, yeah, because I mean, someone had said that his middle name was Kimberly. I was like, that can't be true. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I I, pre- I prefer earlier. It might just be because as a Brit, but I prefer earlier James Corden to cheesy scripted James Corden that mm. that you have in the talk shows. Like I really enjoy him in the era of Gavin and Stacey. He was in the History Boys. Um, he was in he was in Doctor Who for two episodes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because he was saying like what was like a film role he was embarrassed by, and it was like lesbian, lesbian vampire, vampire killers. killers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I was very tempted to pick it up in a charity shop the other day. But then I really didn't want to walk up to the counter holding a DVD called Lesbian Vampire Killers. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. It was, it, was a, it was a charity shop that I used to volunteer at. And I'm like, I'm not going to the checkout buying this DVD. I was like, I'll just I'll wait for it to come up on Netflix or something. Because I know it's awful, but it's him and the guy who played Gavin and Gavin and Stacey. So I've got to watch it eventually. Oh, my gosh. Spam a lot we touched on briefly in the holy grail and i was just going to say that there is well, there's also the not the messiah he's a very naughty boy musical which i don't like mm-hmm. it's like the opera remake of life of brian and i just don't really get the point <laughs> they went through a phase i think they wanted to remake the films as musicals huh. life of brian got to the concert stage but they didn't get to the point of actually releasing it as a show and they did um, one song which has been released, possibly a couple, but one that's definitely the, um, been involved in shows uh, for The Meaning of Life. And that is the extra two verses on the penis song from Meaning of Life, hmm. um, which they went ran into controversy for because they were well, not really controversy, but they ran into complications when they were um, broadcasting their live show um, because they they were broadcasting their... Um, 2014 show live on BBC One pre-Watershed 
and so they had to cut out at several points to just like random images and old sketches because a lot of it wasn't really family friendly for seven o'clock at night. Uh. Um, I'm just gonna have to stand up a sec. Uh, dog, our dogs just entered the room. I'm gonna try and close the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, last week it's not our dog. We're dog sitting for another dog, and it's her that's entered the room. Uh, we've got a dog, but it's the other one who just seems to like to wander around the house and walk around the rooms. Thank you. Your dog's <laughs> your dog sitting for another dog. I can't. Your dog sitting for another dog. I'm dying. Sorry. Absolutely dying right now. <laughs> what would have been the better way to phrase that? I'm confused. No, no, no. Sorry. Your dog sitting for another dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. We're dog sitting for someone's dog. Not, oh. not like <laughs> we're not looking after the dog of a dog. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, the dog, anyway. actually, the dog said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let the dog out of the room. Hang on. I just wrote another Python sketch on accident. <laughs> the dog with a pet dog. <laughs> In fact, I'll briefly say before I let the dog back. I was having a conversation earlier today oh. with my, uh, with my granddad, who's a massive uh, comedy fan as well. And he had the idea uh, for a comedy sketch, which I think is very Python-esque, where it was a, a sort of helpless woman entering sort of an, an underpass where you see a group of sort of thug-like people about to attack her, and she turns the other way and walks off, and then it's revealed to be a group of trainee vicars. I think that would be quite a <laughs> very sort of Python-esque thing to do. And I really want to film that. Uh, maybe not trainee vicars, but actual vicars, because I know loads of the vicars in my local area that probably would <laughs> <laughs> be really fun to film that. But yeah. Oh, all right, back to Google. <laughs> like, what's a oh, the, dog's, the dog's trying <laughs> to get out of the room. <laughs> back to. I'm learning so many things this week. <laughs> <laughs> trainee vicars. All right, back to Google. I tried to Google what, what a charity shop was earlier in the week. It was what's a caravan holiday. Like, there's so <laughs> many things that I. <laughs> That's great. Trainee Vickers sounds like a comedy. A comedy Trainee show. Vickers? Are you talking about homeless people or religious people or religious homeless people? <laughs> well, sorry, the, the confusion around Trainee Vickers. Trainee, what? as in they're training to be. Yeah. They're training to. Oh. <laughs> they're training to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where, where's, where's She's just phone? writing new sketches. As, yeah. As her <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the sketches be American people that don't even, like, don't know what the the British thing is. They're just like, okay. All they right, just keep great. imagining what these things are, some British Another, I don't know if you know, Amelia Bedelia, but almost yeah. like a, All right, here we go. Tell you, that, that, that would be a great idea for a show, though, like, talking <laughs> about British things and yeah. not yeah. telling an American... What, what they mean, and then asking them to write like sketches based around their perception of these words. Yeah, I, I kind of want to do that. Caravan <laughs> <laughs> holiday? You mean like of camels? You saw a bunch of camels. <laughs> That's a caravan holiday, right? Yes, all British people take holidays in the desert. Yeah, just camel after camel. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I, I feel like. 
the big difference between Britain and America, especially when it comes to holiday and trips, is a long journey here is like any journey that's over 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm not even joking. I, I don't know if other people perceive it that way, but I definitely and my family. It's like, okay, we've got a bit of a journey with driving an hour to Birmingham. It's like, I was all in right. the car for two and a half hours yesterday. <laughs> Just yeah. to work. It all feels like a journey, yeah. Well, in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, the UK, you could drive in like a day. Yeah. <laughs> you could drive through. So everything's sort of. It's relative. Like, yeah. <laughs> and looking up Vickers doesn't help. I mean, I, I feel like I know, like, from other contexts, like, what it is. But I'm looking up Vickers, it's like Vickers machine guns. You're like, <laughs> oh, your Nana walks under a bridge and it's just a bunch of machine guns. Okay, v- vicar, priest, pastor, saint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, on topic of Vickers, I recommend watching The Vicar of Dibley. It's a great sitcom. Yeah. That is... Dawn French should be good to do some Python stuff. Uh, I'm like, a charity shop is an interesting name for a thrift store, but I guess... I guess, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a I mean, we also just say second-hand store, but I, I tend to say charity shop when it is a shop for charity, and then otherwise when it's not, like... There's a whole like high street of charity shops near where I live, and then there's just one store which isn't a charity shop, but it's a second-hand store. And yeah, it's a... that was a much more interesting anecdote when I started saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that happens a lot with this, where I'm like, "This is really interesting." No, right, it's that's, not. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm gonna title like a bunch of these sketches. Just that was a really interesting anecdote when I started. <laughs> These sketches start well. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's like the Python way as well, isn't it? That they just, I feel like, quite often, I think they said they just sort of couldn't think of an ending and they were like, let's just get Gilliam to, to do something. Yeah. just need a book called How to End a Sketch. Uh. I've, I used to, on topic of books, like, I'm sure this has been done before, but when I was in uh, my primary school, like I used to do a bit of ventriloquism. I mean, I was awful, but you know, for primary <laughs> school level, it was it was up there as you know something new and original because no one else had done ventriloquism in the school, and um, and I'd always wanted to do one where the dummy is trying to read a book about how to be a ventriloquist, and the book is ventriloquism for dummies, and like <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that's been done before, but that gag has been stuck in my head for years. You could uh, always again. do it just as a photo, just a dummy holding that book. Yeah. Okay. I might do. I think that could. I just think it could be really. I'm gonna to have to Google ventriloquism for dummies and see whether. Is the for dummies brand like a copyrighted thing? Because I feel like it's been, like. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, it's one publisher that does the for dummies ones. Um. But there is a couple that say ventriloquism for dummies, but they seem to just be like serious books. Yeah. But I mean the, that that. That gag would have been clear to them. I don't know. Anyway, I will. I'll add that to my my list of things that I'll plan on doing and never do. Um, just like a a half hour documentary about a guy wearing a wig, who uh, secretly comes out as ginger and then gets uh, uh, mistreated by his whole family. <laughs> his family doesn't know. <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's the uh, that's that, that's the one point where I'm sort of like, what that? But I re- I I was sort of discussing this because I had like a major plan to do it and then like didn't. 
where I sort of love the idea of having a shot of like the street and like half the people in the street are wearing like the identical wig. <laughs> I think that would just be uh, yeah. And I'd and I feel like it should be a really sort of seriously played documentary. And then at yeah. the end, just burst into like a big musical number. <laughs> I, this is possibly very British, and I might cut this discussion out so I can do it eventually. But um, the sad thing is, I've become less and less ginger since I've uh, since I came up with the idea. <laughs> like my gingerness is just going away, and it's kind of oh. sad. <laughs> so I'll uh, I have to you cut come, someone else. Did you come out of the womb with it? Like, how do you? <laughs> I don't. Like hair doesn't just. I mean, no, like, over time, know, yeah. but like over time when you're a toddler, I mean, you're you're podcasting at 15, like I'm sure yes, you... No, I know what you mean, I, but it's... Uh... I imagine what your milestones have been, like... <laughs> I, see, I, I, I mean, I've, I've owned, I was strawberry blonde, or I think raspberry blonde was how it was described, and then it sort of became ginger, but it's always sort of the the less ginger side of ginger, and it's just more and more that, like, a lot of people have said to me, since like more when we're in darker rooms but it's sort of are you ginger and it's like yeah sort of and then i realized like i probably need a more ginger person to and it also depends on like how cut my hair is like when it grows out it's not as ginger or i don't know <laughs> sometimes i wake up and i feel ginger sometimes i don't <laughs> all i can think now is like roasts for you just like oh, oh your, no. your parents taught you to walk and you're so advanced that you were like please be seated <laughs> The, 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 the sad thing is, like, my response any time I hear anyone say the phrase "please be seated," like, I genuinely get excited just to how. <laughs> yeah. And "please be seated" is one of the only instances of a title which has been my idea that I'm really proud of. Yeah. I mean, I think this took me ages, but this film that I'm making, I was saying to Robert, like, I've been working on this film for about. I think maybe nine or ten weeks now. Mm-hmm. I've scripted it, I've filmed it, I've nearly finished editing it, and I've still not got a title. <laughs> it's yeah. really bugging me. But uh, there we go. By the time this episode's out, I might have a title for this film already. I know, I was going to say you should tell us about your film and that I will title it. Robert and I will <laughs> put our heads together. I mean, we can try. Okay, this is That's the question at the end of this one is, what should the title for the- my film be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The fact that I've got the segment on here of retitling yeah, the other films, yeah. and I'm actually really awful at titles. I mean, what, <laughs> just... should, what should I title this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll tell you the plot of the film. We can we can cut the film retitling uh, jingle here to make it feel slightly involved with the show. <laughs> uh. So it's been a few weeks since we recorded that episode, and I still haven't got a title for the film. Uh, so, yeah, I should probably get one soon. I've edited out all of the conversations surrounding the plot of the film as I want to keep it a nice surprise when it's all out. Um, so he's back to probably some random conversation or tangent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm slowly wishing that I decide to title the Please Be Seated episodes in a similar way to how you, Robert, title your... Uh, Room minute ones is to just quotes from it because there's so yeah, many great stuff. Says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like then it'll be harder for people to find it when they're looking for a specific film review. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What's I'm babysitting my dog's dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, there's a popular. I suppose I could put like 
the thing in quotation marks and then after it the name of the film yeah I, I, I was tempted to do that with the film retitling segment and call like each episode the film retitling title for it oh but then that sort of loses the point of the segment because it's already yeah, in the title yeah because you already gave them the information yeah. Sorry, this became less of a discussion about Python to just a, a discussion full stop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 heck, that's that's the way we can we can roll here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. I think I discussed that before. The fact that I've just start saying heck like completely unironically oh. and frequently. <laughs> like I started it as a joke, and then it sort of gets to the point where the irony is completely lost, and it's just a part of my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I've made that mistake a few times. At one point I heard my mum say flipping crikey and I jokingly started saying that and now that's stuck in my vocabulary as well. And, <laughs> and then there's just genuine occasions where like p- people are all responding to like a dramatic thing that happens. I'm like, oh, flipping crikey. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> oh. I mean, it makes yeah. me family friendly but also kind of weird. Yeah. But, hey, when did that stop anyone? Right. Monty Python, that's the... A point of discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Robert, you mentioned that you watched uh, some documentaries, and Alice, you said you watched a, a clips here and there. Are there anything, yeah. any points from from those? I'm trying to think, because I mean, some things were just like I wanted to know about their personal lives, and I know there was some some controversy because John Cleese, I think it was in 2016, he was on. I believe Conan and kind of saying like, oh, these are the, these are the wives that I regret and I wish I didn't have children and I, you know, all all that kind of, kind of stuff. And did you see the story about how he told his mother that he'd get her stuffed? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And, yeah, that was mom, I, lo- yeah. I, th- I, I, I love clips of John Cleese on talk shows because you, you don't know when he's serious or not. <laughs> I think that's, that's sort of the great thing. Have you seen the, the Graham Norton clips where they... I don't know. They Graham oh. Norton starts asking them like typical boy band reunion questions. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. And then I think at the end, um, Eric Idle starts singing Bright Side of Life. Mm. Always on the Bright Side of Life. And it's such a smooth slide from like he's answering a question. He's like, "Well, some things in life are bad," <laughs> and they can, you know, he, he and it enrolls into the lyrics. I think that's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that one. And then it was because people say that he doesn't like to just answer the same questions over and over. So he likes even the rude questions. And I was watching some. Yeah. I think it was, it was a British presenter. It was just kind of like, "So, are you gonna die soon?" Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> You know, what, what was your favorite divorce? What was your, you know, least, whatever, favorite wife? Do you regret your, do you regret having kids? Yeah, they turn out like their moms. And, like, I had heard about, I think I actually listened to his daughter Camilla on a podcast a few years ago. And she's a comedian now. She just kind of started in the last few years doing comedy. And I just watched her do a set because now that John's on his fourth wife and... She's like, and so like when Camilla was 30, the mom was like 38, you know, so it, it was just this really bizarre thing. And yeah. it was like, oh, there is this new girl. We have a new girl in our family. It's my dad's wife, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I've seen little bits like that. I feel like there was, um, there was, I think it's Monty Python's Personal Best that was a series that was on for a bit, mm-hmm. where it, it was really odd because... 
like some of it was like archive footage of interviews and other ones were like sketch interviews and they're like there were new there was new content and old content and it was all mixed together it was weird it's entertaining enough i'm always unsure as to whether to buy like these monty python compilation dvds or not because of how much of it is actually worth getting and how much it is just what i've got already Mm. yeah uh, but I mean, if I s- occasionally, every now and again, I'll see something cheap and be like, "Yeah, it's Python. I'll pick it up." Uh, but there's like there's there's an unofficial spin-off film called um, Holy Flying Circus, mm. which I think I touched on in Life of Brian, which is all about the controversy surrounding Life of Brian mm. and like them pitching the film. And it was great until I realised that it's not true. <laughs> and they oh. did, they decided they decided not to tell the real story, but to tell their own idea of a story. And it's just like I didn't really get the point of that because the real story from documentaries I've seen is interesting enough. It's just yeah. But the guys they got playing Python are kind of pretty um, good. I didn't recognise any of them, but they all looked quite a lot like Python. So they they, they should have been my choices to bring back Python, I suppose. <laughs> whoever those actors were. Um, yeah, I've lost my other point again. There we go. That's what happens when I record at what is the <laughs> end of the day for me. Right. There was a point. Uh, Anyone have a point? So I can... One point. Um, well, one now was... Now the punchline. Yeah, right, yeah. Now the punchline. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably just intersperse in John Cleese's answers on the, on the AMA. And so I talked about, obviously what Graham Chapman requested for his funeral. And so they asked him, what request would you like to have honored at your own eulogy and by whom? And he and he answered, I would like to do my own eulogy and then shoot myself and then get in the coffin. <laughs> 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 That's fitting. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think it is the great thing with John Cleese is just how, how dry he plays all of the comedy that like he sounds like he's about to come up with a serious answer and then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Will, will, will there ever be a Python movie again? Only when the others are dead. Then I'll make the definitive one. <laughs> <laughs> I think when John Cleese is talking about death, he's very similar to um I don't know if you see much about Tom Baker. Like he always talks about how he's gonna be the next one of the doctors to die and people oh. hate like how how much he talks about death with John Cleese it's more justified because he is like known for comedy a lot more yeah and I, I think as I said just to bring back the point to those who hadn't heard the interview when he talks about his mother like his mum had a very similar sense of humour mm-hmm. and she asked him at an old people's home will you miss me when I'm dead and John Cleese said oh no I won't because as soon as you as soon as you die I'm going to take you and have you stuffed and hang you up <laughs> on the wall and apparently she, his mother was going around telling everyone in the old people's home that her her, her son is going to have her stuffed and... Oh, it's great. I feel like I messed up a word there at some point and didn't say mother and said something else. I don't know. <laughs> did I say mother? You did. A, yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> if not, you just yeah. fix it in post so it sounds right. <laughs> yes, his mother... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like that was weird. The word sounded different. <laughs> Completely messes up if I said it as like stereo. <laughs> just, yeah. No, I, I don't think I ever set the podcast as stereo because I've I've been 
one of the people who quite often ends up having broken headphones where only one of them works. And <laughs> I know you can change the phone settings, but it's always just annoying when I'm listening to some. Like it happened before when I was listening to uh, like the Beatles songs when I was on holiday, and I only had one headphone in. And I realised in one track, I just in one ear, I just had basically the instrumental versions of all their songs. Yeah, I I use cheap like thirty dollar headphone head with a mic to record stuff, and I was recording an episode of Mandy Sucks Minute, and because there's a delay when I use Audacity, I had I always do record with my right ear off, and I'm watching a scene and I'm like, why does it seems like there's sound here? And I'm like trying to turn the volume up. I put the earphone off and realized for some reason in that minute, all the sound was in the right channel. And I just couldn't hear it because that wasn't on my ear. And I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here recording a complaint about the sound in the minute and then realized, oh, that was all wrong. <laughs> that was my fault. So I just like started over. I'm like, OK, let's do that again. So how was your uh, how was your episode of the room minute that you did over the weekend? Then? Did, the, did you get money for? Oh, uh, we had three, three or four. I forget. I think it was it was five or six of us all together. So, yeah, it was pretty fun. Sorry, I just saw, as I was scrolling through Instagram, I just saw someone, uh, a screenshot of a tweet saying, who is Ted and why does he talk so much? <laughs> it just made me chuckle through. <laughs> right. Um, so, there was a... Uh, either of you seen Fish Called Wonder and yeah. or Fierce Creatures? Uh, no, no both, but, I, but I don't know what I thought out. it was. I mean, all I know about Fish Called Wanda is it has Billy Crystal and in my head. This is... Welcome to another episode of Alice just decides that something is from what it sounds like. It isn't about a fish? Like, I don't understand. Sort of. Ever There's so a slightly fish. about a fish. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't recall Billy Crystal, but he was no. Is that just a part of the I don't think he's not? in there. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the credits now. He's not in there. I thought, no. that, I thought he was like the star of it. Okay, then I know nothing about it. That's... Why did okay, I think fish... that was, like, his thing? I don't know. So, according to IMDb, A Fish Called Wanda is in London. Four very different people team up to commit armed robbery, then try to double-cross each other for the loot. Mm-hmm. And it stars John Cleese, and written by John Cleese, among other people, uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Palin, and Kevin Kline. Yeah. Okay, so it's, but, it's the, very but they're Python. all fish, right? No, I'm not <laughs> thinking of, like, the, the aquarium meaning thing of, and yeah. the meaning of life. What the... They're all fish, though, right? Actually, it's a lot more of a... The fish called <laughs> one is a lot more of a you've actually got to focus and follow the reasonably complicated plot. Yeah, yeah. it's like a <laughs> yeah. crime caper film. Because I got, like, partway through watching it, like, one point, and I was like, I don't understand this, because I was <laughs> treating it... I was treating it like an easy-watch comedy, and I was, like, on my phone, I was like, hang on, this is not how... I need to actually focus, and... Because there's a fish called Wanda, and a woman called Wanda. Yeah. And, yeah. Aww. The fish is named after the woman, isn't it? I'm trying I to believe think. so, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Fierce Creatures? Because I think I prefer Fierce Creatures I to a fish called Wanda. I'm double check what that is. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really heard. Fierce Creatures also starring John Cleese, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, and Michael Palin. I don't... I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I don't remember this much. Because it's, it's, it's by the Zookeepers? Yeah, and it's got Robert mm-hmm. Lindsay and Ronnie Corbett. It's It's, it's very good. I prefer it, I think, but I'm not. But I've only seen it once, and I've seen Fish Called Wonder twice, I think. Yeah. I think I want to rewatch both of these soon because I'm just really intrigued to see how actually good they are because it it sort of is like the Pythons not doing absurdist. Well, sort there's bits. Yeah. Um, but 
Like, the only major absurdist that I can think of is the sex scene in Fish Called Wonder. Mm-hmm. Has that come up yet on the room in it? Has no, no, no. But yeah, I think um, the other sort of slightly Python thing that they've done, just so we can go over the main ones, is Yellowbeard. I don't think I've ever actually seen that. Maybe like it, a scene or two on cable. It but... was on UK Netflix. I'm going to see whether it still is. I don't know whether where you guys can watch it, but I really enjoy Yellowbeard. It's available um, to rent on Amazon Prime. Because I remember it was quite difficult to... It's like it's quite pricey to get hold of the DVD. Yeah, it's not on UK Netflix anymore, so I suppose I'll have to get hold of the DVD. Um, But that stars... Uh, Graham Chapman and Eric Idle and John Cleese and Spike Milligan. Oh, and Marty Feldman's in there, cool. And Peter Boyle. Nice. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's definitely worth watching. Cheech and That's Chong. Quite a... It's an interesting mix of people. This is, this is quite early on for Cheech and Chong, isn't it? I haven't uh, seen 1983, yeah, as far as film would go, it'd be fairly early. I don't think I've seen any Cheech and Chong films. I think almost all of them are rated 18. Probably. Um, but I do know him from... Uh, um, I think Chong was in... Was it Cheech or Chong who was in that 70s show? Chong. Chong, okay. I know him from that. And I've seen bits... David Bowie is uncredited as the shark in Yellowbeard. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm wondering whether they've just used like things he said and quoted. Oh no, there is a there is a picture of him in yellow. But so they've just got an uncredited cameo from David Bowie. Okay, that's. See, but yeah, I think it. Not having seen the film, I pictured a shark, the animal, and I'm like. I'm no, intrigued. so did I. <laughs> yeah, and then I clicked on it and was sort of like, what? I haven't seen Yellowbeard in a while, so I'm just looking. I, I, I'm just getting caught up looking through the IMDb and trying to remember. I just remember the fact that I enjoyed it. It's like a tenner to get hold of, which isn't terrible, but in comparison to how cheaply I can normally get hold of DVDs, like mm-hmm. I think there must not be that many in print. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm a massive Richard Curtis fan, but I still haven't seen the Tall Guy because the cheapest <laughs> I can get hold of it, is, the, the cheapest I can get hold of it is seven quid. When all of the other ones of his films I've bought for about between fifty p and two pound, <laughs> it's like I know I need to watch the Tall Guy, but automatically in comparison, it's so much more expensive than anything else. Now, if you want to segue, the first time I watched the Tall Guy was while I was on a trip in England. Same trip as when I first watched Flying and Circus sketches. British oh, wow. family, British family we were staying with, like I don't know if they had videotapes of them or some, or if it was just on TV. But they're like, no, you got to watch this, and we ended up watching a bunch of uh, Monty Python stuff, and we watched The Tall Guy with them. Hmm. Uh, how old were you at that point then? Uh, this was in I would have been like eleven or twelve, I think, at the time. And okay, and I still remember like, as I said earlier, my favorite probably my favorite Monty Python sketch is the Albatross one, and I'm pretty sure that's the first one I saw when they turned it on. Okay, well, that, that, that is a good one, but I, I would not have listed that anywhere near uh, my top. I quite like the Four Yorkshiremen. 
This one's talking about like how bad their childhood was. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that one's pretty funny. Alice, sorry, I realize you haven't talked in a while. Do you yeah. Have a... no. Sorry, I feel like we just gone on a tangent. Of... No, it's okay, <laughs> talking... no. The Alba, the Albatross one, just when the person is just like, it doesn't have like what flavor is it? It was just oh, yeah. such an absurd thing, and then he responds like, it doesn't have any flavor. You like, it's a bird. <laughs> it, 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 it just totally worked for me at the age, what, 11, 12 when I saw it. and I think they they got under, like, there were a lot of issues when they were doing the live show in terms of traveling, like, transporting what looks like a stuffed albatross. I don't know whether it <laughs> was. Yeah. Or what it, yeah, but but they, like, there were a lot of issues with trying to get that, like, across the border to places. <laughs> and, um, it's quite interesting. you think the python would just get away with it. But, yeah. Um. What an interesting listening experience. I'm like, I'm, I'm like thinking so many things because now you're like going to what your favorite sketches. So I'm trying to be like, wait a second, I don't know, because I feel like when we were talking about um, now for something completely different, like I feel like I would go down and be like, okay, this is my favorite. This is you know, this is my yeah. you know. So I don't know. So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to remember meaning of life from earlier. And... Yeah, I feel like there's something in there I liked more. Four Yorkshiremen is definitely like up there as one of the best ones. And it was, uh, you know, when I was a lad, we used to wake up an hour before we went to sleep or something. I can't remember. And it was like, oh, we used to have to sleep in a septic tank. And it's just, <laughs> oh. Yeah, just keep one upping each other's stories. Um, I saw a recent video um, where someone had dubbed "What Have the Romans Ever Done for Us?" over mm. a recent Parliament meeting yeah. and it and it matched up so well i know i'm trying to think of what one i like 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 what sketch i would like most and i think well for meaning of life it would be the the sex education one was crazy um i think for me for meaning of life i really like the one where the guy's lost his leg mm. <laughs> i think that's that's up there is kid on that one I, yeah i think mm. so it, it's weird because I, I, that one I didn't think of much about the first time, but it's one that well, since we've been recording, like that image has been stuck in my head for ages. Where it's sort of like, oh, has anyone seen my leg? I woke <laughs> up this morning. And it's, oh, yeah. And it, and it, it depends if, if my criteria is what made me laugh the hardest versus what is just such a brilliant concept and wow, I am so happy you made this. So, yeah, I'm torn. Uh, did you? Did either of you know there's a Ministry of Silly Walks app? No. It's like this this genuinely sort of great sort of little game where you've got John Cleese doing silly walks and you've got a sort of jumper, the typical sort of collect stars, jump over obstacles thing. But it's, I think it's like one ninety nine in the App Store and it's really fun. When my little cousin was like two or three, like I loaded it up on my phone and he just loved the game. I think it was just watching the man do silly walks that he just really enjoyed, but mm. it's a... In fact, I've uninstalled it from my phone. I'm downloading it back. Like, this is a good <laughs> game. Alright, so here's another AMA question. If there were if there were a biopic made about your life, who would you cast as John Cleese? And he said, I would cast myself, provided I was not too expensive. Otherwise, <laughs> I would cast Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> And and the other side of things, I suppose, just as a, a random conversation, 
I was going to ask you guys who you would just cast in your life, and then I realised that I don't have an answer to that question for myself. So. Right. My my joke one is always Morris Chestnut. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, if you ask, that's just my go-to answer. <laughs> I feel there aren't many great actors of my age. So that, I think that's the the I can't think of many people who. Because you're trying to think of someone playing you right now versus. Like, yeah. Future yeah, adult, yeah, I guess. I mean, apart from the fact that he looks literally nothing like me, I have a lot of connection, and like I I relate a lot to um, Dawson from Dawson's Creek. So a younger James, James Van Der Beek, nice. yeah. But that's mostly just because of the way that he views life based on film, and that's. Like, I've genuinely had the time, and it, this is probably really cringy and embarrassing thing to announce, but I've genuinely had the time when I've thought, if my life were a film, this yeah. would be a more interesting thing for me to do, so I'll do this instead, because it'll be more interesting for the audience. That's a nice <laughs> like, I've genuinely, I've genuinely thought that, and I don't know why. And straight afterwards, I've been like, what? <laughs> but I've, I've often said and done things as if... I was a character in a film because it would be a more interesting story. Yeah. I assume it makes life more interesting. Yeah. It does sometimes. And often I view different parts of my life as to, ah, if I get this done, it would make a great montage. Ah, that's cute. That's awesome. It's a good way to look at... That's a mind of a filmmaker the, right there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to look at doing GCSE revision. It will make a good montage. But, uh, You're like a yeah. baby Stephen Merchant. I think you should do it. <laughs> he would play you, that's it. Oh, no, that, that would work, actually. But yeah, I, I get that. I'm not as tall, but yeah, I suppose there's a there, there's a likeness there. What's he done recently, Stephen Merchant? Um, I feel like he's in The Good Place. Maybe. Maybe not. No, I don't know, if he's, like if, I don't know if he's acted in much recently, but he's been producing and directing a lot of things. He just had a movie out recently. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, I do remember that. I didn't see it, but I. Now I can't think of what it is. Let me see. Yeah, obsessed with the good place. Oh, it was yeah. the one about the wrestlers, wasn't it? I just can't think what it was called. Oh yeah, the uh, fighting with my family. Yeah. That was it. Oh right. Um. I haven't seen Hello Ladies on the clips of it. I don't know whether that's yeah. worth a watch or not. Yeah. Um, that's weird. There's a. On his IMDb page, the top video is involves a picture of James Van Der Beek in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Your phone heard you talking. I've always wanted to see Dawson's Creek. I know that's like also also off topic, but no, everything's I'm jealous off topic. of I'm, I'm jealous of people that have seen Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I picked up. I had a friend who recommended it to me a while ago. Well, I don't actually recommend a friend who mentioned that she was watching it, and I'd heard of it and I know we have a lot of like interest in common so it was sort of loosely in my head and when I was on holiday we went past a this is our caravan holiday in Wales uh, went on holiday we went past like a DVD store and it was like 50p for like four discs of the first series and I was like you know what I'll pick it up and give it a watch and I was hooked and I'm watching it all through currently um, it's definitely worthwhile there is no sketch with people among literally whales, like just enmeshed in whales, like the animal. That There needs to be one. That's all I could think of, a caravan holiday, and you're just driving through whales. <laughs> whales. 
<laughs> like just a bunch of like beached whales or whatever. <laughs> British people can go underwater. That's just in. No. <laughs> oh no, Steve Merchant's IMDb has just reminded me of movie porn. Fantastic. That's not. Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't realize he was in three episodes of Big Bang Theory. I remember him being in it. I don't remember him being in three. Really? Big Bang Theory is one of those things where I actually like really dislike, but I somehow find myself having watched like all of it. I've watched most of it, yeah, but I watched the first like few and I was invested. I was invested, I think, until series nine, and that was a point where I got into like properly like film criticism and everything. Anyway, and it was the same point where it sort of just lost its charm, where it, you know, it wasn't about the nerds who can't get girls because they're all married with kids. You know, yeah. it's just once the kids are involved, you end the show. That's I think that's like the death of most that's, sitcoms. Or that's when you have a spin-off. Those characters get a new sitcom. Yeah. Where the premise is entirely different. Not Going Out managed it all right, Lee Mack's sitcom, because he had one where it was all about him trying to um, like get a date with the flat with his flatmate, and basically it, they had a relationship, they got married, and then I think a year later he released another series... But it was set seven years later, and they had kids, and they were in a house, and it was like a completely different show, hmm. with the same sort of sense of humor. And I quite like the idea that they they skipped, you know, that yeah, one phase there. Yeah, skipped the boring part. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Merchant. He, Steve Merchant just seems to be the the America America's go to. We need a British guy in our film. And like awkward, yeah, like awkward yeah, and yeah. a little nerdy, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean. No, I've lost my point completely. But he, he, I always find him the underrated member of Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, and Carl Pilkington, because he's the one, you know, he's between comedy star Ricky Gervais and comedy idiot Carl Pilkington, and it's just like, and Steve's also here. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel bad for him, but he's he, he's not doing too bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at his uh, his credits. It's just a shame that he's among the three of them. He's more likely to be the one where when you say his name someone's like oh who's that but uh he seems to be doing better in america than he's doing here well when i first realized that that comedian Stephen merchant like the actor and Stephen merchant the producer were the same guy i was like oh wow because i assumed Stephen merchant the producer was some like really old british guy because he'd been producing stuff for years i didn't know how old he was and i'm like oh, okay same dude that's awesome i, mean, I say obviously he wrote with ricky gervais the office um, yeah extras and yeah he's done a lot of producing and bits and bobs extras is amazing oh yeah have you seen oh yeah um so it's a shame that him and ricky gervais aren't like working together so much anymore i think there was, there's rumors of like some sort of dispute between him ricky gervais and carl pilkington because like neither of them are doing nothing together for a while but i really like the direction that ricky gervais is going at the moment with like more drama than comedy mm. Like, have either of you watched Afterlife? No. No. Okay. <laughs> that point's gone quickly. But, um, okay, did either of you watch Derek? Uh, so, uh, I think I tried episodes. one episode, yeah. <laughs> tried one episode suggests that you, you, you weren't a fan then? I don't think so. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. I think I tried I, the, I the think, first one. Yeah. yeah, I think it took me a couple of episodes to get the charm. Because it's so different to what you expect from Ricky Gervais. Mm. Especially Ricky Gervais playing an autistic guy working in an old people's home. Right. Like, you don't expect him to play it so... 
in such like a good genuine performance about autism although he he's claimed that there's no definitive like special needs with him but there's okay. definitely like bits of it um but yeah i think he's um like the drama that he did i mean even when him and steve merchant wrote uh, cemetery junction together is that one either of you have watched or am i just naming no, no? okay that's a good uh, british film um i think it's one of the one of the only feature films they wrote together possibly the i'm trying to think if they wrote any other feature films together uh, but it's a that's a very good sort of it's a drama comedy set in the 70s and it's got Felicity Jones and Tom Hughes and Ralph Fiennes and oh it's really good Bern Gorman from Torchwood is in it it's, mm. a, it's a it's a nice little thing but anyway my main point was the fact that I think Ricky Gervais is better at writing drama than comedy like I've tried so often and I sort of get it but I really struggle with The Office mm. <laughs> The British Which, one or US yeah, one? Um, I've only watched little bits of the US one, but I think I've watched through all of the British one. But I, like, it takes me so long to get into it. Like, I've never been a real fan of the of the comedy documentary thing, which I know is weird. After I made a comment about wanting to make a comedy yeah. documentary, but let's just <laughs> ignore that. That I, that I've never really got it and got into it completely. But it might just be because I feel it's overdone, which once again doesn't really make the point of the fact that I want to do one. But, mm. but, but heck, that's that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's just something about the whole documentary format where I feel like it needs to be completely called for. And there's little points in like the UK office where I don't really get how the documentary people are there, or you know why. What You're the context overthinking is of everything. it. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. But so much British comedy can be overthought like, and still make sense. That reminds me of a, a, the US um, drama, Once and Again, which is made by the people that did like 30-something and uh, currently producing This Is Us. But it was a it was a show about like two families, like the husband and wife that have their kids from previous marriages and come together. But it would cut away to like the characters talking about what's going on. But it wasn't framed like this is actually a documentary where they're talking about it. It was more like we're in their heads for a moment. So we see them talking to us. And if you watch The Office that way, where it's like the cutaways are funny, but don't try to think there's an actual documentary. Which yeah, is funny with, with the British version, especially yeah, yeah. it works. The U.S. version, I think, actually relies on the idea there's a documentary crew there in a couple episodes, and it becomes weird because then you're like, yeah. "Wait, there's actually people there." This is when Rick, when Ricky Gervais did Derek, like it had the charm of there being the documentary crew there, and quite often, like the scene will happen, and then they'll well, they'll turn during the scene to the cameras, and mm-hmm. they'll sometimes reference them being there, and I quite like that, and it's often done with the charm and the style that you do feel like you're watching a proper documentary but i think the fact that that is elements of comedy mostly like quite dramatic possibly changes it um like it's genuinely really emotional any time like one of the old people die in the old people's home which happens a couple of times in the series and um it's just that's done quite well and i think better than the office in that style but I, I prefer things like extras that Ricky Gervais did, I think. Yeah. I but even that goes toward drama a lot, especially in season, the yeah. second series. 
And I just love all the cameos that they managed to get. Mm -hmm. I think it's incredible. And I sort of love the idea that the celebrities are the closest thing to extras, you know, in the film. Yeah. In the series when you've got the extras as the leads. And I think pretty much all my knowledge as to what it is to be an extra on a film set is based on extras. No idea how true half of that is, but there we go. They made it more interesting. Yeah, I say all the people I all the people I know who are extras have not seen extras in order to tell me whether it's true or not. So I'd really I'm looking into seeing whether I can get any extra work somewhere at some point though, because I feel like that would be my best way of making sure I get as many contacts as possible in the yeah you can get some a nice variety of them too. And also, you essentially get paid a small amount to sit about on a film set, which yeah. isn't the worst thing in the world. Exactly. Um, I suppose we should slowly start wrapping up this random tangent filled mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> I've, I've I've looked at the how long we've been talking and I'm really surprised. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, thank you both for joining me for this Python thing. Yeah. It's really oh. weird the odd order I've recorded these all in. Mm-hmm. It made it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like gosh. We, we came into this last episode and I literally had no notes written down anymore because I'm like. I, I don't know what I haven't said. I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah, I'm it like sad. Fair. It's like the last day of school. <laughs> oh no! Like the, the pythons better put out more stuff for us. <laughs> keep us going. I mean, there's there's all the random unofficial stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not going to be the 50th anniversary week anytime soon again. <laughs> Right. Well, ever. So I said he's just saying that. Yeah. Not any time. Not until we change how yeah. numbers work. Well, well if, yeah. If you get them on the sh- if you get any one of them on the show, you're bringing us both back, and we're all gonna. <laughs> I will tweet all the members of Python until. Well, um, I mean, I mean, even if it was like Carol Cleveland, or you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I, I think know. Carol Cleveland would be really. Get, Gr- get Graham Chapman is gonna be on the podcast. <laughs> You know how many people would tune in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out the logistics later on. <laughs> Just yeah. I mean that film, Eliza's biography. All of Graham Chapman's lines are just taken from other things he said. In, yeah. In I was wondering. I was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what does it say on the Wikipedia thing? It was so. Hold on. It says kind of where they ended up now. Um. Oh my goodness, it was this whole thing that was like what they're up to right now and it's like, and Graham Chapman is still dead. <laughs> <laughs> it literally says that on the Wikipedia. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I love how IMDB credits work though because like they use some of the old sketches in the 2014 live show. Mm-hmm. The fact that Graham Chapman's He's death date working, is 1980, yeah. 1989, but his last writing credit is 2014. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just same thing happened with John Hughes though, because of the new Vacation film. Yeah. Oh. Well, obviously, uh, like his IMDb page, even though it's just he he was creator of characters, mm-hmm. like he's listed as writer for the 2015 Vacation film, mm-hmm. even though he died. Yeah. Although I, I just saw the the original one of that, and I because I thought Wally World meant like Walmart, and so I was like <laughs> pleasantly surprised. <laughs> oh, I, I love the vacation film. I, I watched them like the first time maybe about three or four years ago, just after I 
had got into community and my parents were like, you need to see like mm-hmm. classic Chevy Chase. Yeah. Um, they were my favourite films. In fact, it was those films that got me into the film podcast thing. Oh. Yeah. Because I listened to a podcast called Hey Do You Remember? I don't mm-hmm. know if any of you listen to that. Um, no, no. But that's like these people who, every two weeks, like three people who go back on a film that they grew up with and see how it holds up. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I listened to their National Lampoon's Vacation episode, and then I was like, hey, people can talk for two hours about a film. And I was like, that seems kind of fun. And then I basically ripped off the whole format of their show and just added a twist as to adding special guests to it and hope they don't notice. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe mentioning it isn't the best thing. Well, I I, I think I've developed it's my own thing. It's a basic idea, the whole, it's fine. Yeah, with, with the yeah. whole film retitling segment and the fact that there are so many other film review shows out there anyway. I yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. But they, oh. they were the, the one that I had. Oh, my thing's saying poor connection. I think I'm all right, but I'll just leave a warning. Oh, connection lost. No. Oh, I hear you. Oh, hello. You need, yeah? No. Sorry, I lost connection for a sec. Um, we didn't lose you. No, we'll <laughs> never lose each other. Okay. <laughs> That's weird, because my, my laptop just said connection lost, and then I heard silence. So there we go. Oh. Right. I suppose now is the time to ask, um, in the longest form now, this is the last episode, feel free to plug anything you've got, where the listeners can find you, in, you know, any in-person events, or upcoming projects, or (laughs) Twitter, or whatnot, I don't know. Actually, Alice might have in-person stuff, I'm like, in-person events. In person events. Come to my apartment. The address is now. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. Um, oh my gosh, so many things. Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook, Alice Lauren, and my Twitter is Ali Mez, A L I M E Z H. Um, I have had a lot of uh, podcasts that I was a guest on coming out um, pretty soon, or have come out. I mean, obviously a little probably by October have all come out. Um, gosh, what else? What else? It's on Robert's Room podcast. Mm-hmm. So you, can, you know, definitely find me on that one, too. Um, I might might be starting a podcast soon. I don't know. After, I'm talking with... I've been, I've been in talks. Um, <laughs> kind of thing. I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what else? What else? If you ever come to upstate New York... And you want to, you know, hang out, also offer me a job. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll have a job. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, especially... I'll, I'll, I'll continue that. If anyone wants to offer me a job as well, that's also yeah, very actually, much appreciated. After we stopped recording the, the other the other day, uh, I, like, Googled them. Like, I literally was like, England, jobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going, that's it, I'm moving. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know how else people look. I just, you know, whatever. Um, what else? Uh, donate to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. My <laughs> other, yeah, whatever. I'll tell my fake charity. I know. I feel like I have to like give all my, all my things. Donate to the, you know, causes spay and neuter your pets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just you know, let me know on on social media, kind of where you. Or you heard me, and I'd love to talk to you. Uh, and for me, you can find me under my name any, on all of our social media, Robert E.G. Black. Don't Google Robert Black. 
because he's a British serial killer. Um, <laughs> the middle oh, initials. No. Um, this is fun twist. Is that, is I tell that, my is that why, that on the first day, first day of class every semester. Is that why your initials are, are so present no, on your social media? No, it's because my father was also named Robert. And so they differentiated. We had different middle initials. So I always used them when I was little. Um, <laughs> that was the I'm whole twist Robert. this whole week. No, he's dead. Killer. Oh, that's oh. oh. dead. That's he's not he just a prison. serial killer though. Serial no, killer, no, he's... pedophile, is accused of kidnap, rape, sexual assault, and murder. Yeah. And then he died in prison years ago. He's fun. Uh, I'm more fun. Uh, you can okay. find my links to my podcasts at lemmingdrops.com. <laughs> uh, if you don't want to talk to me personally online. And you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> my various podcasts, a lot of movies by minutes stuff. I got Michael Myers minutes. Dave made a minute, which Luke was in. Uh, Annihilation minute, Mandy sucks minute, and the room minute. Yeah, just, anyone listening to Dave made a minute, just ig- ignore that awful quality episode I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that episode was such a challenge for me too oh. because I had. A turnaround time of like because I was busy the next day, I had to get it into the episode within like six hours, I think. Mm. And because of the time difference, you were asleep, and so I couldn't be like yeah. record something else. I I didn't have anything to record for that episode, so I'm like, how do I fix this audio as best as possible? And I'm like, downloading new programs onto my computer to like alter the audio <laughs> and. Uh, it was yeah. it was fun. It was. So didn't didn't you hours. didn't you add like a part of didn't you had a part of on my own from Lamez after one of my comments yeah, or something, something. And just... I was doing that a lot, a lot on that show. Like people would mention yeah. something, I'd insert it. I do that on the Room Minute now too. But uh, both Luke and Alex yeah. have been on the Room Minute, and I don't know what I'm doing next. I have to try not to start another one. I do know three other ones I have planned. Four. Four. Oh. Four other ones I have planned, but I'm trying not to do any of them until I finish more. Are any of them the about time one? That is not one of those four, no. (laughs) So maybe five. (laughs) Well, because I was going to start another one after Room Minute and Annihilation Minute. Then the Room Minute started late. And then I started Mandy Sucks Minute on a whim. But now all the recording for that is done. So that's cool. It's still got a little while to go up and do all the editing. But the editing on that is easy. And so I have others. I I meant to do one last year while I was doing the room minute, and then the room minute got weird at the beginning. We had problems recording and lots of technical difficulties and scheduling problems. So I had a different I'm, show that I've had social media for. For I've even talked to people from the show, but I haven't recorded anything because it just never got back to it. I love the fact that with Dave Made a Minute, didn't you have like several people involved with Dave Made a Maze who were mm-hmm. following you on social media and so yeah. Yeah, several of the actors, the director, the producer, uh, someone who did set dressing, someone who did art direction, uh, one of their prop builders. Yeah, a bunch of people from that. I know there's like, I'm pretty certain there's no connection, but I find it incredible the fact that um, very shortly after I complained about the price of the UK DVD of Dave Made a Maze, it went down in price. (laughs) Like, I'm sure there's no connection, but I, I like to pretend there was. I found it in a DVD yeah. store the other day, but I didn't have the money for it still. Um, I had like £10 on me, and it was like 10 on its own, and I was like, actually, 
I've I've seen like two minutes of the film. I might save my money and buy something have else. You never, have you never watched the whole thing? I I haven't seen the whole thing. No. Oh wow! Because I think I think the only way of getting hold of it in the UK is like the DVD, which I'm I normally buy, but it it's only just come out like in the past. Um, yeah, it, well, it got reckoned. It got recommended to me on Amazon Prime one night. I just watched it on a whim and loved it. And then months later, it ended up being like my second podcast. And a whole big project involving lots of other people. So, What's the movie called? You've Made a Maze. Oh. It's about a guy who makes a cardboard maze in his living room and then he gets lost inside it. Oh. And it's very whimsical and odd oh. and sweet. I did love the idea of your show sort of being mostly people who hadn't seen the maze. Yeah, and they got yeah, random minutes. Like, yeah, I like mo- I didn't even tell them the title of the movie until they until they brought it up. I wouldn't even tell them what movie it was. So. Yeah, that, I really And I'd like to do another show like that, that yeah. but it's hard to find a movie that's good enough to talk about and obscure enough that no but one's But no one's, it. yeah. I well yeah. I I know a, a few probably. I really love to do something with Emo the Musical. Like I really enjoyed Emo the Musical. Oh, that would be good, yeah. yeah. Um I don't know how much well, that's, like that. that's another one like Long term, I'd love to do Anna and the Apocalypse, like a breakdown, but I already are Sing Street or Emo the Musical or About Time, of course, we've talked about. But I have a few that I already have social media for and like Facebook pages and already broke down a film for one of them and I have gotten to. So. Oh, I've just remembered we'll another see. thing we haven't mentioned with Monty Python. So sorry for this random extra add on. Have any of yeah. you. Have any of you seen absolutely anything? No. It's I haven't heard of it, film. no. Um, I'm just trying to find it on my show. Here we go. It's a comedy film starring Simon Pegg and Eddie Izzard and Joanna Lumley and Robin Williams. And Ooh. it's basically... Robin Williams. I think it's the last film Robin Williams did. And he voices the dog. And it's basically this guy who gets given power by a group of aliens that... All the aliens are voiced by the Monty Python team, obviously excluding Graham Chapman. Um, I think it's directed by like Terry T- Jones. Terry Jones, yeah. yeah. And he gets given like magic powers in order to allow basically anything he wants to happen. So his dog speaks, and he gets the girl with, and everything. It, it's just a stupid little comedy, but I, I just suddenly remembered that the Monty Python were in it, and I thought I'd better bring that up. But yeah, it's an enjoyable little thing. Tagline is great power, total irresponsibility. <laughs> and I'm so glad that the start of my DVD shelf is right next to where I'm recording, so I could just pull it out and 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 check. <laughs> but there we go. That was a random tangent. Um, and the listeners can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero. They can find my podcast on Twitter at please be tweeted, and on Facebook please be seated. Um, everything else I do, podcasts, short films, radio appearances, podcast appearances, whatever, you can probably find at lukeallen.co.uk. Um, and I think that's all. It's kind of, I'm kind of deliberately prolonging ending this because it's been really fun. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm so sad. Just remember that you have to edit all of this, so. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to have to spend most of this Saturday because I don't know when else I've got time. <laughs> Anyway, thanks so much to everyone for listening to this sort of experimental 
Python week. I feel I should have like a varied version of the theme tune for it, but I don't really have time to get anyone to do anything. Mm-hmm. So it's just the normal theme tune, but there we go. Um, thanks so much to everyone for listening to this, assuming you have listened to all of this and not just decided to listen to the last episode. At the last minute of the last episode. <laughs> that, that too. Uh, hopefully this last episode if it is the only one someone's listened to, is uh, interesting enough that you don't have to have seen <laughs> anything Monty Python to know what we're talking about. Because um, as we've talked about a lot. Um, and so yeah, thanks so much for listening and goodbye. Please Be Seated is a Luke Allen podcast. For more podcasts, appearances and short films, visit lukeallen.co.uk. Thank <laughs> you.